253. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is the We Art Tacoma podcast. This is the We Art Tacoma podcast. I'm Eric Hanberg. This is producer Doug. How are you doing, producer Doug? Just swell. Today we have uh, two guests with us to talk about uh, the Oscars and the Grand Cinema's Not an Oscar Party, the Film Awards Party, as <laughs> as they're styling it. Uh, let's give it a listen. All right. Welcome to another episode of We Art Tacoma. We're talking movies this time, and I have two guests. Would you introduce yourselves? Yeah. Um, I am Jamika Scott. I'm film Jamaica enthusiast Scott. and filmmaker, and yeah, from Ooh. Tacoma. Hey, podcast friends. This is Katie Evans. I'm with the Grand Cinema and also uh, a Tacoma. Film, film nerd, Tacoma film person. Nerd. Yes. Both of you are the co-hosts, if I understand correctly, <laughs> of the Grand Cinema's Not an Oscar Party. Yes. But, hint, hint, probably an Oscar party. <laughs> yes. We, we were getting away with calling it an Oscar party for years and years, and it was like four years ago that the Oscars was like, hey, you guys can't say that anymore. Can I, you can still do please it. Please stop. <laughs> can I tell you, small world, I started, when I was at the Grand, I started the Oscar oh, party in 2005. I was, I was like, I don't care about the trademark. Turns out I probably should have cared about the trademark, but and actually, <laughs> producer Doug was a was a, co- a co-host of the Oscar oh. party as well back in the day with Marty Campbell. Ooh, we might wow. have to bring you guys back for some little appearances, <laughs> maybe next year cameos. Yes. So I want to talk about uh, the event itself, of course, uh-huh. but let's save that for later. Sure, um, we'll we'll put that towards the end. So let's let's talk about. Uh, just to get to know both of you real quick, you, Jamika, have are doing some filmmaking, if I understand, right? I'm attempting to. Um, what are you working on? I'm currently working on a documentary um, about black motherhood. And so I just kind of want to take a look at the different facets of um, what it means to be a black woman or femme in a caregiving role. Um, not necessarily exclusively looking at people who are considered moms, but aunts, Cousins, um, there's kind of a, a history of black women kind of mothering other members of the family mm. and sometimes even people from outside of the family. Uh, so I wanted to capture that and I wanted to also kind of get a um, some education and awareness going on by talking to some local medical professionals like doulas and nurses and doctors um, just about the infant and maternal mortality rates for black women and children. Is this a short? Is this a feature length? How are you thinking about it right oh, now? Oh, initially it was a short. And now the more I talk to people um, in my head, I'm like, oh, it's probably going to be a little longer than that. But we'll see. Right now I'm just figuring I'll just gather the footage and the interviews and all that and uh, kind of go from there and figure out the length and the editing process. So. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I think I recall your name also being mentioned. Chris Jordan was on the show, and he talked about a documentary mm-hmm. that he had participated in yeah. that uh, arose, I guess, out of a Pope's <clears throat> Defiance interview back in the day with the uh, Tacoma Art Museum. Well, it started Stop with Erasing the, Black People. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Tacoma Action Collective's work um, okay. around Art Aids America, and, and probably maybe before that. Where did where, where, nope, where it start? No, that's where it started. Um, Chris... 
and uh, some other local artists, um, I think Andrew and Sharis, and uh, they kind of, they went to this exhibit, they saw the kind of disparity in the numbers of um, artists of color that were on the roster, specifically black artists, and... Um, Even though they were disproportionately affected by the AIDS epidemic, yeah. right. And so um, seeing that, and it kind of, the exhibit kind of being... Um, presented as like, hey, look, we've overcome it and Mm -hmm. we've moved forward and we're past it and there's, you know, it's cured when most um, communities that are being affected, black and brown people, and they're being affected um, disproportionately and to the point where um, they're not having access to the care and to the awareness um, and the education. And so people are being diagnosed with full-blown AIDS instead of it being caught as HIV when it is much more manageable. Um, Hmm. And so the... They kind of did the legwork of the research of figuring out, like, how the artists in the show identified. And then with that, they kind of came up with questions and they ended up talking to um, Rock Hushka at the museum, who was the curator, at least one of the curators. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think they kind of wrote up that interview, worked it out with Post Defiance to kind of put it up and make it something that people could see and read. And that kind of took on this life and stop erasing black people. Um was the name that we used for the protest that we went in. We did a die-in at the art museum, just kind of calling attention to the disparities in the disease as well as in the exhibit. And, yeah, from there, it kind of, like I said, it's taken on many forms, but it's mostly been about HIV and AIDS awareness and education. And, um, yeah, we were asked by um, Visual AIDS to make a documentary that kind of chronicled our work doing that. And so... um, on World AIDS Day, it premiered in New York as well as a lot of other places, not just in the country, but around the world. Wow. Um, and yeah, it was really great to go out there and meet other activists and see the other um, films that were made and learn more about the organizations that are doing the work out there. That's great. Yeah, yeah. screened in over 100 venues, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, cool. Some art houses, but mostly museums. So yeah. we were really proud to be able to show Tacoma Action Collective's yeah. work at the Grand. Yes. Yeah, it was so great to have everybody come. And it felt very like... I don't know. It's always really cool to like make something and like have people from your city that both you know and don't know come and support you and um, cheer for you and wish you well and be interested right. in what you're doing. So it was a good experience. It's one of the things I love about the Grand is the ability to show those movies. And I remember when I was at the Grand, there was someone whose movie we showed and like we had him autograph the poster to put on the wall and like his hand was shaking because he was <laughs> so excited about yeah, it. Yeah, it, it's a cool thing. Yeah. Uh, and I understand, Jamaica, you're also uh, dabbling in some stand-up, or is that accurate? Yeah, I mean, I have in the past, and then I kind of got into um, being an activist and working full-time. Um, and so I kind of didn't leave a whole lot of room for um, creative writing, which includes filmmaking and sure. stand-up comedy. So I've gotten more into it in the last, or back into it in the last year or so. It's been very interesting, because I've actually, um, I've been recently figuring out... Um, that I enjoy doing stand-up comedy. I don't necessarily enjoy being a part of the whole scene and, like, the open mics and the, you know, like, if I could just do, like, stand-up comedy once a year for, like, some good friends and maybe a few strangers, I'd be okay. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> and and maybe that will include the the Grand's uh, Not Academy Awards Party. Exactly. What, what is the official title? So I don't keep calling film it that. Film Awards Party. The Film Awards Party. We, so, call it, we call it in in 
internally FAP, which is like a disgusting <laughs> sounding name. But I really want to get to I'm the point. I'm not going to do that. Well, I'm sorry. Oh, man. But I want to get to the point where people are like, oh, are you going to FAP? Which sounds so gross, but it would be so funny. I'm going to do it. So, Welcome so to so FAP. <laughs> it sounds like a bad activity. Yeah. Like, like we would kill flies at FAP or something. It's like something a, terrible. It's a, We're it's just going to move on. Oh, okay. <laughs> what's, the, what's the word for a noise? Onomatopoeia? Is Onomatopoeia, that right? right. It's but it's that not. Would, that it's is, not. Yeah, that could be the right word. It's not very evocative Fap. of, you know, a fancy awards party. Anyway, <laughs> well, Jamaica stand, up, stand up will be a good trait, I think, for co-hosting <laughs> the the film awards. Well, party. we're we're starting off in the VIP room. Uh, there's actually four hosts for the uh, film awards party, um, so this will be our debut year. We haven't done it before, so okay, and we don't know how we work as a team. So okay, we're gonna. Get so, tiaras and go from there. Yeah. Katie, you follow the <laughs> film industry, and there are some controversies around the Oscars this year. Let's go through them quickly. One of those Gosh. controversies is the previous host was uh, – he didn't – we don't know if he if he resigned or if he was asked to resign, but basically Kevin Hart backed out. Mm-hmm. And now there may not be a host. Is that accurate? Yeah. As far as we know, there is no host. Um, but even before that – there was there was all the buzz about like best popular picture that right. everybody blew up about, mm-hmm. and you could see them trying to figure out. It's a whole complicated morass of dealing with ABC as the broadcaster and what does it mean to actually have good ratings for a show like this, and when you're constantly comparing yourself to like the Super, the Bowl, Super Bowl, and it's like, can you just accept that you're here for primarily film nerds? Mm. And I think I'm actually. I'm excited about the fact that some of the films up for Best Picture are films that people recognize. Like, oh, I know what that movie is. Well, that was the justification for going from like five to up to ten for Best Picture yeah, was so you yeah. could make room for because it was they did that the year after uh, Batman supposedly yeah. missed, and yeah. and so that was the idea is open it up and maybe get some the, some, like, some the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, thank yeah. You. It, it I some people thought, it wasn't even up. Was it Batman? It was not, and some yeah. people thought it should have been and blamed. Weinstein actually for his getting the reader in there, which people thought was not a good enough movie to mm. as good as Heath Ledger's performance in Batman, basically. But anyway, yeah, there are some other controversies this year as well. We have some categories that they tried that they've nixed from the broadcast. Yeah, so apparently, uh, way early on, they had talked with all the kind of below the line, the craft presentations and and everyone within those different guilds had said sure we can rotate through who's on the broadcast whatever but no one had really talked it out and they hadn't identified what those awards would be which ones were going to be cut Um, so then and part of it I think that they were trying to be a little more fair by including big big movie categories like best cinematography and best editing and saying see we're going to let things that are really like often their precursors and like hints to the yes. best picture. Um, and also you can't make, it's not a movie without cinematography well, it, or Isn't that what Spike Lee, Spike Lee said is he's like, you, you, if you got rid of all of these things, I can't make a movie. Right. Yeah. And uh, so then they were like that and then, you know, three or four other ones and then once they announced it, everyone was like, no, that, this is a bad, bad idea. Bad so it was idea. a huge, a huge, and it's really just a PR mess because the Academy, I mean, the head of the Academy right now is a cinematographer. He's not a PR mm. expert. Like, none of this makes any sense. Why Why aren't people who know how to put on award shows in charge of the... I feel like that happens a lot where <laughs> yes, it's exactly. like, your job is to this, 
and you're trying to be your publicist, and it's really failing for you. So just go pay a publicist. Right. <laughs> we, yeah. We also have a, a trend that that has really increased this year with uh, Roma being nominated, which is mm-hmm. that. Uh, according to Academy rules, you have to show your movie in New York and L.A., which traditionally would have been just fine. But now, like, they released it primarily on Netflix and then just kind of gave it a token cinema showing. So now we have this question that especially affects the grand, which is what happens when these movies are showing primarily online? Do you want to speak to that as a grand cinema yeah, person? Yeah, sure. Um, I am – so we ended up being able to play Roma. Um, Netflix is very adamant, at least – we don't really know. We talked to the guy who does theatrical distribution for uh, Netflix, which is basically some guy with, this is a slight exaggeration, but not really, with an AOL account who was like, <laughs> I guess we could play it. Sure, why not? <laughs> um, and it seems to be one person. They obviously don't have any, like, nothing that they can give us to do marketing to our own communities because they want people to watch it on Netflix. Right. I think there's a huge advantage to showing high quality challenging film in a in a place on a platform like Netflix because all of a sudden that risk disappears for you like you pay your monthly fee which is less than a movie ticket yep. you watch it on your own time you watch it in your own house i think that's really valuable but you miss out on what happens when a community gets to experience these really powerful pieces of art together and it took like, it took me two and a half years to get my roommates to watch Mudbound with me, which was a film I saw at Sundance, blew me out of the water, and I was like, this is the best picture. Oh, my God. Everyone needs to see this movie. But it's a hard film. Very, very hard film. Those aren't what people choose to watch on their couches at home, eating popcorn or... I always think I'm going to watch those movies, and we do the next season of some TV show because right. it's more fun. Yeah. Like, you don't really want to just, like, really cry and then have some really tough nightmares that night after. I mean, that's not... Right. You can go out in the community and then you can go and, like, like Process. decompress yeah. somewhere with a friend afterwards and be like, holy mackerel, I learned a lot. The, the, the shared experience <laughs> of being... Art is in, important. The shared experience of being in a movie theater is really important. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing Beloved in the theater. and it, oh, I actually yeah. saw it at... at um, at uh, my college and they were literally they only had one reel of the reel to reel working so they would there would be a break every 20 minutes and then beloved like you need it it's like oh thank you like 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 you, you just really needed a break in that movie but that communal experience i thought was really important for a film like that yeah, yeah. i think it's huge and i think that there's a balance in there somewhere there's something where we can remove the risk and also make a place like the grand cinema not make it feel like it is a a community space. It's for everybody. It's a third place, not just for um, happy retired white people. Like it's for everybody. Right. So what does that look like? That's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> I like it. You guys yeah. can help me solve it. If you were going to re- redesign the Oscars, what would you do? Either one of you. I'd, I'd blow it out. I'd let it be as like fat and stupid as it needs to be time wise. <laughs> I would give them booze on camera. <laughs> more like the the, oh. the Golden Globes in that sense, where well, it's more of a party almost. Well, and it's such a like the Academy Awards, there's so much tied to that at the like studio and distribution side. Um so it is much more nerve wracking and stressful and it's kind of scary for a lot of these folks who are up for these awards versus something like the Golden Globes, which really is like no one cares who wins the Golden Globes, but it is fun to win them. Right. So I just kind of feel like there's something you could you could make some some 
some just terrifying magic with like add more booze. Yeah. Give them a little more flexibility. I think it could be a real show. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that you would you would add? Um I would I mean I mostly I think it's it's too short in the places where it needs to be longer. Totally. And then it's too long in some of the other places where it could be much shorter. Like, I don't know that we need all the, like, fancy dancing numbers from the host. I mean, and maybe we won't get that this year because there is no host. But, like, you know, but, like, it'd be, I know that they tried to cut out some of the, like, live performances of music. And I was like, no, like, that's one of the better parts of it. Like, play yeah. these songs and give us an idea. Because oftentimes if you, maybe if you haven't seen the movie or even if you have, you might not have really caught the song, especially if the film is not a musical. Or if it's, so. like, just... In, in the credits and you didn't mm-hmm. which it always and so seeing yeah. it you're like okay now maybe I have a little more interest in this this like best song category um, just kind of finding ways to tie in um, the knowledge that not everybody sees every film and so finding a way to kind of give them a better glimpse of a film than like here's a few seconds of this one scene that this one person was in but kind of a better yeah. way of portraying the whole thing and then also I do a better job of diversifying the crowd because it gets real interesting to like whenever you see somebody on stage and they're like wide shot. And when you see like, like Meryl Streep these... in the front seat and behind yeah, her. Yeah, and it's just like a bunch of like white faces. And like it's it's just kind of like jarring sometimes. Right. And so mm. you're like, right. I would like to see more diversity because I know that there's more diversity than that that and, went and, into and making the film. I actually and... thought that there are steps that they took to diversify the the uh, the voting members of the Academy mm-hmm. were pretty good steps. You yeah. know, like, like you're not in for life. You have to be a working filmmaker. Like they did some things that as like, like I thought all of those were made a lot of sense. Yeah, to, to, no, for to sure. It's definitely getting better. That. And then um, April Rain, who started the Oscar So White campaign is actually like, I think she started the campaign like a two to three years ago. Something like that. Yeah. And now like this year she accepted a, um, an invite to the Oscars. Woo-hoo! So she'll That's be there this cool. year. Yeah. It's been, and to see uh, all, all the award ceremonies that happened before the Oscars, and then I kind of appreciate that added additional pressure. Pressure, but then it also gives folks who are maybe a little bit more casual about film an idea of like, oh, wait a minute. So the Directors Guild and the Screenwriters Guild and all of these other like, they gave way different awards than mm. what we're seeing in the Academy, and so you see the, the I don't I don't know what we call it the the campaigning at play. You the, see like how how weird this whole thing is mm-hmm. and and rigged isn't quite the right word but it really is like this very strange PR money grab campaign um that I kind of want to hear more about like I want to hear how <laughs> well, weird that is We really have Harvey Weinstein to thank for that don't we I mean like like he has done a lot of terrible things and one of them is you know like like this 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 campaigning around Oscars he, is He figured out the game he really. did figure out the game um and a lot of his team is now working for netflix oh i didn't realize that yeah <laughs> um and i'm not sure that i i mean i don't know i i'm not in the room no one's campaigning with me no one's sending me fancy right. coffee table books and i don't know booze or whatever they send everybody <laughs> um but i do think it's really interesting that like there's so much bribery. There's and then there there has been a lot of conversation about how people are like bad talking certain films, and then everyone else else is like, no, we're not. We would never do that. Of course. So this it's been particularly fraught this year. So I am 
a little more excited about this Oscars than I have been before. Well, I don't know if anything will tap will top two years ago oh when when they totally mm. screwed up that final envelope. Yeah. And, it was uh, amazing. Yeah, that was a, that, quite a moment. I mean, that's the first time in my in my recollection where my favorite movie actually won Best Picture, like my favorite movie of the year won, and um, I actually just watched If Beale Street Could Talk today. Oh, nice. Um, it's spectacular and is markedly missing from the best director and best picture, yeah. best cinematography, best score, all of which it should have been up for. <laughs> Do you have any uh, upsets from the past that where the movie, what, what's the most glaring time where the, the Academy missed their mark? Do you think that, that stands oh out for you? For me, the one would be uh, Brokeback Mountain losing to crash in like 04 oh, or 05 yeah. or something like that. Like, Well, I feel like that's really similar to how people are responding to like all the Green Book wins sure. right now too. They're like, I feel mm. like we're the crash of 2019. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't know if I, if I'll have to think about it. Okay. I might have to well, you put it in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> well, why don't we take a break and when we come back we will talk about what the Grand is doing for the Film Awards party and maybe uh, give some of your Oscar picks. Cool. Okay, we'll take a break. This episode of the We Art Tacoma podcast was generously supported by the Tacoma Arts Commission. What is that, you ask? The Arts Commission is a volunteer group of citizens appointed by City Council who support the development of our community through public art, arts programming, and funding of arts organizations, artists, and, apparently, podcasts about the arts. This year, through the Arts Projects Fund, the Arts Commission funded 32 Tacoma organizations in the fields of dance, craft, film, music, visual, literary, and cultural arts. My thanks to the Tacoma Arts Commission for funding this podcast and the many awesome programs, artists, and organizations around the city. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> from telling dirty jokes to each other over the break. Uh, here is my question. What? First of all, when is the Film Awards party and where is it? Yes. So we hosted at Theater on the Square, which is part of the Broadway Center um, area. Um, it's a really awesome theater, especially for watching film in because we get like the, I don't know, 30-foot screen. It's amazing. Right. Um, and... It's February 24th. Our doors open at 4. We have an amazing red carpet with paparazzi. And that's a Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's this Sunday. Sunday. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sunday the 24th. Um, we have incredible snacks and cocktails. It's great because we can serve cocktails there. Uh, beer and wine at the Grand, but fancy cocktails from Enrama at the Film Awards party. Nice. And you can kind of just run around and do whatever you want while you're there. We've got a, an awesome costume contest. We like increasingly more and more people show up in very fancy, lovely outfits. Hmm. Um, and I think part of that is like there's not a lot of opportunities to dress up in Tacoma. There aren't. I was just talking to and somebody this about is, that. This is one where you can glam it up. Yeah. Um, this year, the Gritty City Sirens are going to help work our red carpet for us. Ooh, so that's nice. going to be really and fun. And that's our local burlesque uh, yes. dance, dancers. Yep. So uh, last year we had some awesome uh, drag queens, and so we're just bringing our performers in. And really, they just they're just party party makers. They just hang out and help right. us feel fabulous. I would like that title, and, and party then, maker. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the host will entertain. 
during the yeah. what would be the commercial breaks. So, so you don't have to watch any commercials. No car commercials, none of that. Sadly, no. <laughs> we have amazing sponsors there, so you can just interact with them instead. Um and, yeah, our hosts in the main room are Bernadette Ray and Jordan, whose last name I don't remember because she got married. Um, both have hosted before. Uh, they are both incredible local educators and charismatic um, hosts. Great. And they do an awesome job. And Great. so Jamaica and I will work it out in the VIP room, make them feel very special. Yes. Who knows? We might graduate to the main stage. We'll Who see. knows? We'll see. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's really fun. And it's like for us, the setup is a lot. We have a lot to do the, during, and then it starts, and it really is fun because you're just hanging out. It's a fun night. Watching TV with a bunch of your it's a fun favorite night. people. I totally agree. Nice. You know, the first year we did it, we did it at uh, the Rialto, mm. and we tested the cable because we weren't sure whether the cable feed was actually going to work. And it worked in the test, but then the day of came and, like, it wasn't working. Oh, God. And the fire department literally, like, strung a cable across the, the street for us. Like, they Amazing. Were, it was pretty great. It was oh, pretty great. We have yet to involve the fire department again, <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to have to work on that. Figure that one out. Should we uh, Should we talk about what, what we might actually expect from the awards this year? Sure. Yeah. So, where, where do we want to start on I, our little ballot Yeah, here? I printed out a ballot here. So if it's anyone's official. going to uh, a not-Oscar party, they can... Um, Get some inside tips here from from some film buffs. So you 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 can share maybe like what you think should get it or what you think is likely gonna get it. We can talk about some of the big categories here. Like uh, you know, let's start with some of the supporting roles. We often see actor mm -hmm. and actress in a supporting role early in the night. Um, let's talk about actors. We have got Amy Adams and Vice, Marina. I can't. I should be able to read this. Uh, Marina De Tavira in Roma. Regina King. If Beale Street could talk. Emma Stone, the favorite, and Raquel Weiss, the Rachel. favorite. Rachel. <laughs> Rachel Weiss. Yeah. It's not Raquel. No. Oh well. <laughs> Too bad. Any any nominations there? The the favorite seems to have been playing at the Grand for a very long time now. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, it is actually closing this Thursday. So okay. if you need to see it, which I really recommend it, it's quite an outrageous film and very cool. Um, I am. This is such a really – it's a such a good lineup, much better than the actor in a leading role. We can talk about that later. <laughs> like, I would love to see any of them win. Um, has Emma Stone already won? I don't I feel think like she's so. got that, like, adorable ingenue thing that the – Yeah, but I don't think she's done, like, a critically acclaimed role in this, <laughs> in this way that I can think of. They tend to do that. Where they're like, like, like the Sandra Bullock oh, thing. Like, you're so little and right. adorable and mm -hmm. new. We're going to give you she's the award. She's not new anymore. She's she's, but in. she's not 30 yet. She's super bad. <laughs> wow. Okay. And he, what's your pick? Um, I want Regina King to win. Okay. And I think she might win. Okay. Jamika, any predictions here? Um, I haven't seen all the films in this one. I, well, I haven't seen The Favorite. Um, so I can't say for the other two. But I mean... Regina King. I'm okay. going to say that too. I'm hoping we'll win. Okay. Mm. Let's talk about the supporting actor in a supporting role. We have, and I, I really do struggle with his first yeah. name. Mahershala. Uh, Mahershala Ali in Green Book. Adam Driver in Black Klansman. Sam Elliott in A Star is Born. Richard E. Grant in Can You Ever Forgive Me. And Sam Rockwell in Vice. I love Sam Rockwell in anything, but it doesn't seem likely that he's got a chance in this one. I have not seen Vice. I've heard that his role in this is really tiny, actually. He's a, he's not in it very much. Um, and he plays George W. Bush, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, my favorite, who I would like to win, is Richard E. Grant. Um, Can You Ever Forgive Me uh, was maybe my second or third favorite film of the year. It's a very healing film. I love it very much. I really recommend it. Um, he's my favorite. I would like Mahershala to win um, because he's because amazing. He's mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just great. Which would be it would also be interesting for him to have two Academy Awards for Supporting Actor. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah. I think it might be Adam Driver. I don't know, though. Any, any guesses here, Jamika? Um, I'm going to say I don't have a guess on this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What you're, what you're thinking? I think, I think I don't have a guess as well, actually. Mm, all right. I, in, in terms of the, the performances that I've seen, I don't know that I've seen any of these in uh, supporting these, these movies here. Which is really too bad. All right, you got to watch some movies. That's right. Let's talk about animated ones, since I, I have kids, so I see a lot of animated <laughs> movies here. We've got Incredibles two, Isle of Dogs, uh, Mirai. I think is how you would say that. Uh, Ralph breaks the internet and Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Um, any predictions? I need it to be Spider Spider Verse. I concur, Doctor. I think it might win. I I don't see how it couldn't. I mean, Incredibles I, two is Incredibles very good. Incredibles two is good. I will agree with that. But man, Spider Man just like it it pushed animation forward. Like yeah. like that's that's something that they should have to acknowledge in my view. Yeah, and it was yeah. Have they always done animated feature film? No, they started it in the nineties. I think. Okay, was okay. the first Incredibles nominated? Probably. I okay. think so. I think it was. They started it before that. I just couldn't remember. Yeah. I think it won some stuff. I think mm. after after like in the Toy Story area, they were like, you know, these yeah. are getting good enough. And, yeah. and Beauty and the Beast had been nominated for Best Picture a few oh, years before that. Yeah. Oh, right. And so then there was this thing of like, we don't want them crowding out like the real movie, you know, the real <laughs> movies. So let's give them their own category or something like They've that. They've earned it. And it basically has been Pixar or Disney for like forever. Yeah. Almost all of them. So mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely into into Spider Man here. Yeah. Well, who did Spider Verse? Dream. Oh, Sony. Okay. Sony. uh, This could be huge then, because ABC is Disney owned. Right, but but they had to work with uh, they had to work with Marvel, which is owned by Disney. Sure, sure. So you know, this is everybody's in bed. Let's talk about all the corporations (laughs) who owns what rights. Exactly. Let's move on to our actor and actress uh, in in a lead role. Actor in a leading role. Christian Bale in Vice. uh, Bradley Cooper, A Star Is Born. Willem Dafoe. Uh, at Eternity's Gate, uh, Rami Malek and Bohemian Rhapsody, and Viggo Mortensen in Green Book. Any thoughts? This is the most boring run-up for a bunch of lead actors ever. <laughs> I would give it to... Uh, my preference is Willem Dafoe. He's astonishing in At Eternity's Gate, and it's like full-on Vincent Van Gogh. Like, he just is Vincent Van Gogh. It's a very powerful performance. Uh, I haven't seen much of all the rest of these, and I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like Rami Malek. I, I'm hearing some people think he's got it. I think he's he, adorable. Yeah, he, didn't he? He's won before for the role so far, right? In the other awards, yeah. the other awards, shows. yeah. Okay. I don't yeah, we'll love his like many straight men defending playing queer characters. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have a good answer for that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, yeah. It's a difficulty with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actress in a leading role, we have Yalitza. Aparicio in Roma, Glenn Close in The Wife, Olivia Coleman in The Favorite, Lady Gaga in A Star is Born, and Melissa McCarthy in Can You Ever Forgive Me? 
Any guesses here? Just a cool collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I enjoy it's, all these ladies. Absolutely. Um, I think it's going to be Glenn's year. Um, as far as I could tell, here's my insider info on this. We <laughs> played the wife. It's good. It's really a cool kind of almost a little bit scary story. Mm. Um, so I really recommend checking it out. Um, they did not really care about their theatrical, not a lot of marketing, but they have been like so heavy on the campaign like mm-hmm. very very aggressive apparently like what i've heard is that voters have like this many stacks of the wow. wife at home <laughs> so like if there's no way you didn't get a copy i'm sure you also got presents um glenn close has been nominated but she, over a dozen times i don't think she's never won, won yeah this Oscar. this seems like like the lifetime achievement award for her a little bit like in that case like yeah. she's done a lot of great roles um I think that Yulitsa is also really incredible. And I also, again, can you ever forgive me? Melissa McCarthy is spectacular. Olivia Coleman is spectacular. I've not seen Lady Gaga yet. I'm sure she's adorable and wonderful as well. I don't know. I don't want Lady Gaga to beat Glenn Close. No, that's I would, part I, of my feelings. I would be rooting for Glenn, Glenn Close yeah. there as well. Okay. I mean, she's been doing it since what, 101 Dalmatians and before? Long before Possibly even 101 before 101 Dalmatians. I'm just showing my age a little bit, you guys. It's fine. <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, move on to our final two categories. Directing. We uh-huh. have Black Klansman, which is Spike Lee's very first nomination for director, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cold War, The Favorite, Roma, and Vice. Do you think that they're going to give it to Spike Lee? I think they should. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think they should. Okay. I mean, these are not my favorite directed movies of the year, but, you know. They're things. They happened. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of men on this list and not mm-hmm. any women. That's And that's, that's what always... That's a common, common yeah, feature mm-hmm. of the It always bums me out about the directing category. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I would agree that, like, Spike Lee deserved it before, so why not give it to him now? Yeah. That's frequently how these things go. <laughs> it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I uh, on that list. I mean, I think the favorite was was the most intriguing directing for me, but I think Barry Jenkins should be on that list. I think uh, mm. is it Mariel Heller from Can You Ever Forgive Me should be on that list. I think Chloe Zhao from The Writer should be on that list. There's so many incredible yeah. films this year. Yeah, silly. Okay, let's talk about the big one. Let's talk about Best Picture. In alphabetical order, Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. Predictions, favorites, what are you thinking? I want Black Panther to win. I kind of do. That, do you think that they would do it? I don't know. They were on the cover of EW. Mad, but I'm here for it. <laughs> I, I really want it to happen. Um, I also, I mean, there's a, like, Black Panther is an incredible film. It's a, a crossover film, too, right? It's a mm-hmm. giant, huge, Im- impressive blockbuster. But it has indie pedigree. Ryan Coogler, is, he came up a fierce independent filmmaker and made a triumphant, transcendent comic film. And that's we need more of that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that the same Academy that honored... Was it Birdman? What was that one that that Michael Keaton did where they just like slammed all comic book movies would come around and then give it to Black Panther? <laughs> yeah, there's some new voters in there. there, there Who are knows? Some new voters. That's true. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I uh So that's what you want. Any guesses on what, what it would be if it's not not that God. one? I I mean it could be Black Klansman. 
I just really need it to not be Green Book. <laughs> yeah, I agree on that. <laughs> I just need us to not be that regressive. So, so do you want to just share anything about your feelings on Green Book? There's a lot out there. Okay. I yeah. would love a true Don Shirley biopic starring Mahershala Ali, where he is the he is centered in that story, and. I don't think that's what Green Book was. I would love a story about Green Book. Yeah. How it was created. Like, I feel like this movie should have just had a different was. title. <laughs> yes. I feel like people would have felt a lot better if the film had a different title. Because? Because centering the Green Book and then not centering the black character feels very tone deaf. Yeah. So. And the and Green I, Book yeah. itself is only used by Viggo Mortensen's character. It's just... It's yeah, and you can go and kind of look up what a green book is or what that is. It's kind of a I don't know how much okay. time we have left, but yeah, <laughs> it would be an incredible film to focus on the creator of the green book, mm-hmm. whose name was Victor Hugo Green, which is also an awesome name. And that's all I really know about him, except that he worked on it forever. And that story I want to know. Yeah. So, we have some hope here for Black Panther, the first comic book movie that could possibly win in this in this category. Yeah. Okay. I mean, do it. Do it. <laughs> do you know like how rewarding it would be for people who find particularly like the machinations and the weirdness and the campaigning and the Hollywood insidery stuff? Like it would be such a awesome way to end. <laughs> You're like, ha! <laughs> Did it? Let's give it to Black Panther. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, this was uh, enlightening. I will be at a at an Oscar party, and I will make sure it's not an Oscar party. Excuse me, the <laughs> Film Awards party, <laughs> and I will uh, use this information uh, to try to do, do people win anything if if they oh, fill yeah. out their battle. Do you want to share what that might be? Oh, I don't even know. We have so many prizes, um, and so if you. So there's a couple ways to play. Actually, no. There's only one way to win. <laughs> there's a couple ways. That I, I always play by what I want to win, and I'm always very angry. Okay. Um, and then you can also play to win, and then there's a ton of prizes. But usually, uh, so the very top prize, if you get everything right, which really doesn't happen very often, um, I believe in the past we've given away a golden the ticket. golden ticket to the which Grands. Is free movies for a year. Wow. Yeah. So. It's a very Can hosts thing. win that? <laughs> if you get it all right. Yeah, yeah, you can try. Katie, you just came back from Sundance, is that right? I did, yes. Do you want to give a preview of any movies we might be seeing at the Grand uh, that, that played at Sundance that you, you're excited about? Um, There are, let me see if I can remember my very favorites. Um, It's going to be an interesting year. It fe- Like last year really felt revolutionary to me, and this year felt... I didn't. I only saw twelve films. Um, I will say, I'll give. I'm very excited for the communal experience for Amazing Grace, which is um, a music documentary. I guess documentary is not quite the right word. Basically, when Aretha Franklin recorded her live gospel album, she did it over two nights in a church in California, um, and the whole thing was filmed. And they were going to release it somehow at some point. Never did. Hmm. And so finally, all of that film has been recollected, re-edited, um, recut. There was a bunch of stuff missing, I guess, but they were able to make it all come together. It is such a like full-on spiritual experience. Even, even You do not have to believe in God, but if you believe in Aretha Franklin, <laughs> like it is 
I'm so excited for this film. This we I think we're opening it in April. Cool. And it's just it's just you at church with Aretha and the gospel choir and it is a lot like and it's called Amazing Grace because her performance it with that song is like nothing you could ever experience. And like afterwards the whole room was crying and I'm like, yes, this is what movies are for, right? Um Sounds amazing. Oh, it's gonna be I would love us to play also like opportunities for you to sing along because like these are a lot of traditional gospel songs with some great new arrangements. But you follow along with the church choir and you're good to go. So I think we'll see what we can do. Okay. Maybe Sunday morning sing alongs. So okay, I think be Ooh, really that's fun. a nice one. Yes, um, I saw a lot of um, smaller films that have not really been. Um, one of my favorite ones is a film called um, Ms. Purple. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, so keep your eye out for that. Hala, which I really loved, got distribution from Apple, which is newer. Yeah. Um, I know they are planning on releasing their streaming service pretty soon. So they did a little quiet um, pickups and purchases at Sundance, not like Amazon going like, Pfft. so, um, yeah, I don't know yet. Okay. I'm curious to see how, because, uh, yeah, I was I was only there for the first weekend. A lot of the stuff that, like, we tried to avoid, like, HBO picked up stuff. We were like, we're not going to go to that. I saw a few very strange foreign films. We'll see. Okay. So yeah. Amazing Grace, hopefully coming in the spring. Yeah, it's coming soon. So. Cool. Okay. And then we will see you both at the Film Awards event. This Sunday, starting yes. at five, mm-hmm. and uh, going until the show until is over. They're done. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thank you both for being on the podcast. Thank, Thank you for having you. us. All right. Thank you both uh, for sharing your picks and uh, what we might be expecting. Doug, did you have any favorite movies this year? Nope. Do you watch movies, Doug? You know, I was a film major, <laughs> and. <laughs> Okay. You know, actually, actually, what I've been doing lately is watching really, really crappy films way down in prime video. There's some really hysterical bad films. You know, all those streaming services, I feel like they have some, like, they've got, like, the, the cream of the crop and then, like, terrible movies from the 80s and 90s just to fill out their catalog is kind of how it seems like they're all set yeah. up. Yeah, and on prime, you can go down and then you can see, you know, other people watch these and you go down and the further down you go, the further down you go. All right. Well, uh, we're not going to ask for any recommendations. Thank you, Doug. Everyone will see you soon. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com.